0: All right.
1: Welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. And I am very excited to introduce to you Meryl Kriegsman. She is a women's wealth advocate, wealth advocate, not health advocate. We're going to talk about this today, <laughs> who runs a multi-million-dollar business supporting other women to go high end. She's the owner of Meryl Kriegsman Media, a global business development company dedicated to helping women become their wealthiest, being in their lineage, I cannot wait to ask you and talk about that, Meryl. Also, through offering white glove business mentorship to a 1,000-plus down-to-earth luminaries with a hunger for social and environmental justice, they have experienced the financial breakthrough of a lifetime. And last year alone, they added a combined $25 million in yearly revenue. So Meryl is a money-making machine, and we are going to talk about that. She's also featured in Forbes, Fast Company, and Entrepreneur. And Meryl, thank you for being here. I have millions of questions for Meryl, but uh, first tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Yeah, sure. So I, I think I'm, I'm sort of like an interesting blend between right. Creative. I'm a former opera singer. I Mm. come from a very creative family. I always like to tell the story of, instead of, you know, being from a family that told me to be like a lawyer or a dentist or a doctor, right. Mm -hmm. Just something that a lot of people experience. It was the opposite. I was totally expected to have a creative profession. And I was talking to my dad a few weeks ago and he literally said like Merov's like all fun and games, like making, making such huge amounts of money, but really we both know that you should be doing something artistic, (laughs) right? So that's, that's really my background. So my, you know, lots of artists in the family, um, lots of psychics as well. Astrologers, it's just like, it's a little different. And then, um, you know, obviously there's there's the money-making sort of prowess that I've developed. I, I can 100% say for certain that it wasn't something that I knew how to do from the get-go. Mm. In fact, I was talking to an astrologer the other day and she literally said, like, you have worked through some some really deep money karma. Like, that's why she wanted to work with me because she was like, this doesn't come that, like, it's it's something you worked on. And I really, really did. So here I am, right? Like, it's, it's I'm really on the other side of sort of um, a big revolution in my own life around wealth. And then, you know, um, I live on a farm. Um, we turned it into a biodynamic farm, uh, live on the Canadian prairies with my, with my man, with our three little children, And um, if you were to go on my Instagram stories right now, you literally see us herding cats, like Mm -hmm. literally cats. We have a lot of kittens and <laughs> we have to get them in the barn. And, um, you know, we're just like picking and I was up picking till like 10th or no, not 1030, 930. I go to bed at 10, um, you know, like beans and raspberries. And then we bring it inside and we can it. And we we're big into self-sufficiency. We share as much uh, vegetables and other resources with our local community. Um, so it's sort of farm life, millionaires, like <laughs> mom, artist, person. You belong right where you are in this moment, in, yeah, uh, <laughs> especially
1: in the ears of our listeners, because I would say we have many multi-dimensional, multi multi-passionate yeah. beings listening to this episode, to this podcast in general. And that's, uh, we were talking a little bit before we hit record about Self-expression, and I think just what you shared right there covers a lot of what we were talking about. And I'd love for you to share uh, your take on that being self-expressed, sort of as a form of health and well-being. And and yeah. like you you had mentioned, be, like being off your meds <laughs> to not be self-expressed. So tell us a little bit about that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, totally. So, I mean, right, like you have ups and downs, right, as as leaders. Like some days are amazing and some days are extremely hard. Like I'm in, in business um, with my partner and, and so we often talk about like, well, you know, this week was literally like a string of just eating shit sandwiches, you know. And then the next week, right, you have like these six-figure cash days and it's mm-hmm. like it's all just like brilliant and it's like you're on a high, right? So um, in order to to navigate that, to anchor myself into remembering who I am, right? Because one day you wake up uh, and there is, um, right, sort of like, a let's say, a minor hate campaign about you and your business online, mm-hmm. right? And it's very easy to start sort of going like, wait. Are they right about me, or like who am I? Right, so like that anchoring, right, is extremely important. And then the same thing with like the massive highs, right? When I'm like, ooh, I just made so much money! I can't believe I had a million dollar launch, or like whatever, right? Uh, Again, like in order to to anchor myself, um, I definitely use self expression as as a tool to do that and to stay sane from a mental health perspective as much as I can. I will Mm -hmm. not, I will not claim sanity (laughs) in any way. Um, but you know, it's, it's just like the daily practice of writing for me. Um, Mm. I also love being on camera as, you know, somebody who studied, um, uh, performing arts, right. Like that opera background, Mm -hmm. performing background, um, right. And just taking all of that input right that we get as as human beings like in in this wild chapter of right the human sort of like unfolding like history like this sheer amount of information and opinions and 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 triggering moments and like everything yes. that we're exposed to right on a daily basis it's it's, it's wild. Right. And then I, I can just crawl into sort of like, um, you know, wearing sometimes like a trek suit suits or, or mm-hmm. like, um, some, I have like these cashmere, uh, <laughs> I say that like day, like sort of, it's, is it a pajama or is it like something, <laughs> I like, I don't know, like something in between, like some really relaxing clothes. And I crawl into actually this chair you're seeing right now, Abigail, mm-hmm. like they can see that was like a big chair. I can pop my laptop on the side and I just Right, and I and I I am a thinker I'm often a person who says like the thing first like in in any kind of community um and I uh and I shared it with my audience and sometimes it's in the in the shape of just like a written piece of like almost like a blog post but sometimes it's more of a of a prayer or a poem or like many of my audience members like to put, like, just point, point out to me, like, that's a spell, Meryl. Like that's pretty witchy. you just Like that's actually like, that's a spell. Um, right. But it's like, I really allow myself like the to express that full range of human emotion and, and the ups and the downs and put it into words. And yeah.
1: It's so interesting. I was listening, but you were casting a spell. I'm like, when's the last time i wrote <laughs> that's
0: uh, you yeah. know
1: and and re- like really cuz um like we were talking about before i'm working on this van build and it's very hands on i've yeah. been years at my computer uh, you know yeah. i've been a coach for 6 years now and so a lot of my work yeah. is digital so it's so rewarding to be building the van but also just sitting back and letting your fingers fly over a keyboard for me yeah. There's just such peace there. There's such express like expression, like you said, it's totally medicine, and yeah. um, but also you mentioned like being in front of the camera and and leading and sharing things that you know you have a supportive community. But being a leader in today's world, I would love to really kind of talk about that because uh, we were also talking about you're turning 33. By the time everyone hears this, you'll already yes. be 33, and yeah, talking about being. Thirty-three and twenty in in twenty twenty-two and and the frequency yes. of that and and what it's like to be a young leader. What what we may consider young. Obviously, life expectancy is different in every generation and era. But- I was
0: gonna say. I think like our generation's life expectancy is like. Mate, <laughs> what happened? We right. I like- I think.
1: I- I plan on being 125. I don't know why that always comes to me, but I feel young for
0: now. Well, <laughs> so, it's like, you know, like things with like climate change and stuff. I'm like, oh, well, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll see, right? It's, uh, we will see. Well, yeah, I know it can all it can all end or it can
1: all go on. <laughs> yeah, it's like- <laughs> we'll, we'll work it out either. way.
0: It's like but, Sid in um, the, the Ice Age movies when he says like, it's either going to be really good or really bad. You know, sort yes. of <laughs> feeling, that's what I- Yeah. <laughs> I sort of well, have in mind when it comes to our future. <laughs> Yeah. I
1: was going to say navigating the last couple of years too, has just, you know, it's, it ha it's revealed a lot of character, you know what I mean? And so I would love for you to kind of just speak into that, what it's like to be a leader at these times, at this age in this day. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, we're seeing a lot of like polarization, right? Like politically, like in, mm-hmm. in all the ways. And, and I mean, social media, unfortunately with, with its algorithms has a huge part to play in, yeah. in what we're seeing also like in, in people that are maybe 15 years younger than us and what they're mm-hmm. exposed to and how their minds are being shaped. I mean, it's, it's, I think affecting all of us, but what you sort of see on right a large scale, sort of political, right on the, on the world stage, we're also seeing in our smaller communities. Mm. Right, so we see tools like uh, cancel culture that were really designed to bring down people who, right, obviously have created a lot of harm. Mm-hmm. Um, right, with with sort of uh, unchecked amounts of power. Mm-hmm. Right, like we're seeing those tools now also being used to to people who. Right, people just simply right. maybe that day disagree with right, yeah, yeah, um, and that I find um, extremely problematic because um, what it does is just it wears out our leaders. Yeah, it wears it wears out our leaders. Um, you know, to the extent where I personally see a lot of like very gifted, very, um, very brave people sort of uh, you know get to, get to a place of of collapse, right, and and. That really, really saddens me. What I also find is that um right there's there's a difference between um, you know, really standing up for what's right and wanting to do the right thing. Mm. And but then also sort of like creating almost like situations where uh really just like a disagreement between you and another person or something is then used to to Right, paint you as like a not good person or somebody who should be, right? Sort of like, it happens to, to my clients a lot, like unfortunately, and a lot of other people I see in the space where, Right, there's there's like rumors are being started, and all of a sudden, right, they might have been asked on a podcast, and then all of a sudden, right, the host reaches out and says, like, oh, I don't want you on the podcast anymore, I don't want you on my summit anymore because I heard something. Mm-hmm. Right. It's and it's so easily started, it gets out of hand very quickly in the online space, and mm-hmm. and very like most of the time is extremely unfounded. Mm-hmm. So let's say that the sort of like the circumstances in which we have to lead have become quite hard, right? And so again, the question is like, how do you anchor yourself mm-hmm. in moments like that so that you can maintain your peace, right? Because that's really what it is. So that you can focus on actually doing the good that you want to do with your business and not be distracted by, by just drama, you know? Yeah. yeah. I.
1: Love this example, and I'm I'm gonna vibe out for a second because yeah. what you were speaking into. I grew up in a town of five thousand people, and yeah. what you're yeah. saying that's happening in the online space, like it's it's our tribal nature. It's like a, a and the shadow of the community, the shadow of the yeah. of the tribe. It's very primal of us to, oh, I heard this, so that you know yeah. that that it that online isn't excluded. From the tribal nature. It's, it's
0: as old as as like human, <laughs> right? Like literally, like at one point we um we shared with um with my parents-in-law that we wanted to homeschool our children. And they literally said to us, like, you'll you'll be shunned. That was like their first sort of response, like, you'll be shunned. And we we're like, wait, but we're not though. Like these people are, you know, we have tons of friends. We are really connected with our community, you know, which has also right through the pandemic been hard. I I think everybody has experienced that. Um, but you know, it's, um, it's that fear, right. Of if I'm really myself, and I think this is perfect for this podcast, right. If I'm really myself, if I live my life with, right. Hard on leash, will, will I be shunned? Will I be canceled? Will I be this? Will I be that? Right. And, and unfortunately, right. In some cases, the, the, in instances, the answer will be yes. Right. Like, for example, I wrote a very like layered nuanced article, um, about actually cancel culture. And then a whole bunch of people like blocked me and started talking badly about the article, which was funny because the article was, about, was like, uh, uh-huh, like. Exactly my point, like this is like, Oh, I love it. Right. And, and, but it's, it's ironic. Right. And, and I think, I mean, I love, and I hate the word resiliency. I -hmm. think, you know, there's, there's sort of always just an an expectation. And sometimes it's a code word for like, just, you know, suck it up buttercup, like just be (laughs) resilient. Right. And, uh, and resilience for me doesn't work in a sense that I, I think i need something more creative i need something more soft i need something more kind if you will right like rather sort of fueled by like i'll oh, stand up like and all oh, bounce back it's more sort of just like how do i mm. how do i remember me in this moment how do mm. i remember like what makes me feel powerful and filled with joy and just like alive right mm. and actually that that is I mean, you know, it can be anything from painting our kitchen, which I do regularly. (laughs) 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 Then I don't get to finish it because I'm a busy, like multi dollar, like whatever, like business owner, you know, (laughs) my husband is all over me. Um, But, you know, it could be painting the kitchen. It could be redecorating something. It could be writing another article, right? Just like reclaiming sort of that, 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 what do you call it? Like thought leadership space Mm. for myself and say, well, even if other people think I don't deserve it, or even if right, there's controversy, or even if there's right, whatever. Um, the way that I live my life is like, I simply ask myself in the morning, like if I had 10 times the courage Mm. that I really feel I have right now, like, what would I say? What would I post? What would Mm. I right? And so because people are so hungry for the drama because so people so many people like look at at, at the political stage like mm-hmm. you know world leaders and they're seeing like that that you know like mm. what we're seeing i don't need to go into yeah. like we're seeing what we're seeing yeah. right they're they're like hungry to to take those pieces of thought leadership and take those pieces of vulnerability and take those pieces of you know leaders hearts unleashed mm-hmm. and run with it right? So anchoring yourself, um, knowing that it's an intrinsic part of leadership was a really big lesson for me. There was a time in my life where I thought it was the only one. And then I started more like networking with other like really successful women in business. And they were like, girl, like, it's like, yeah, like I got sued for this thing. And I was like, you know, slandered in this thing and blah, blah, blah. Right. So you realize like, oh wait, this is just, this is just what it looks like when you step into an even more powerful level of visibility, Mm -hmm. right. Is that not everyone's going to like you. It's not always going to land well, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So, and I think especially like, you know, as, as, artistic people, there is always a desire to please, at least for me, when I think of myself. And that's something that I really, you know, had to shift and I'm still shifting is Mm -hmm. that I have to remind myself that my art today, right, which is like my writing and my prayers and poems and like, you know, all the things, right. That the, almost like the, the reason for being of, of the art, the intention with, with that self-expression is not to necessarily please mm-hmm. right it's it's art meant to like wake people up it's mm-hmm. art meant to remind people right that being a good person can look completely different for like anyone right and and yeah right so yeah
1: i was going to say there's like an allowance right i i like the way i have like th- three or four things to say cuz you you're just, you were again, vibing and I'm like, oh my God, yes. Um, But that I love the way that you presented cancel culture as a way to sort of formally call out people who had gotten too much power and manipulated that, but then the way that we sort of micro dosed it (laughs) on other people in other ways. And that there's the willingness to be misunderstood for your expression of art, your expression of yourself, your expression of your love, like whatever that may be. I do, you know, we're not all meant for everyone kind of thing. We have preferences and flavors and desires. And so this cancel culture around like the disagreement, like you, I don't agree with you and you don't agree with me. Therefore, like there must be a consequence. Like that's not necessarily true. And that We can stay self expressed by like coming home to our or like restoring our frequency. But a lot of people haven't even taken the time or haven't been shown or guided how to identify their frequency. So, especially when you're talking about leadership, like the brand, the flavor, like what you breathing, like what your form of leadership is just by living and breathing and waking up every day. And, um, when you were sharing early in the like very beginning, I could almost hear our listeners like say more about that, which is your you mentioned money karma. And yeah. Yeah. I wanna ask on behalf of our listeners, on you know, just like can you speak a little bit into that that life, that process? Because we're speaking about home frequency, we're speaking about our flavor of leadership, self-expression, yeah. you know, doing what we know to do and make a living doing it, like living our heart unleashed and being a contribution, but also caring for ourselves and being able to do that mm-hmm. without having to then close up shop and go to a job. So yeah, what does yeah. it look like to kind of bridge this gap or bring these two concepts together?
0: So for me, when I think of my lineage, I was, I was actually p- pregnant with um, our 1st first, um, our daughter, Ava. And I was doing some kind of money challenge online. I just discovered the online world. I was like, "This is fantastic!" I'm like, oh my god, I get to like binge learn. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and one of the exercises was around like you know, uh, write down everything you've ever made in your entire life, and like see how much it is. Right, you mm-hmm. made this much money, and I I did that exercise, and I didn't get beyond like I, I think it was like six or seven thousand euros, which Mm -hmm. is less than $10,000 for my entire life. Right. And I was like in my mid twenties at that point. And I sort of, I, I had a, I had a little nervous breakdown basically. And I was like, Oh, this is awful. I don't want to pass it on right to the next generation. Then I was with that thought of generation in mind. I was like, Oh wait, but my mom is exactly like this. Right. Also Mm -hmm. did never turned her creative talents into money. Mm-hmm. And my grandma and my right and I sort of yeah. And so um in that moment I I decided I wanted to shift I wanted to shift whatever that like generational or ancestral pattern was that was literally holding women uh captive, right? It 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 was sort of a, a yeah, I say that it it made them Less of who they could have been, you know, in their life, which I find so sad, you know. And when I when I think of like, oh, I'm on my deathbed, like who knows how many years from now, right? The the last thing I want to think is like, oh, I didn't I didn't quite come to fruition, damn it, right? Like that sort of the the fear, right? That that potential sort of like heartbreak of unfulfilled potential was something mm-hmm. I didn't want to experience myself. I didn't want to pass it on to the next generation. So I literally took an oath with like two, two hands on my huge, huge tummy. It's mm-hmm. like, I will, I will, I will be the cycle breaker. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and usually I think it takes a couple of cycle breakers to fully break a cycle. I, I don't think anyone can do that in one lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, but the um, that's sort of like the money piece, but the, the, the power leadership piece is, is also very, very intertwined with that. And also the right, again, like that receiving criticism when you truly live your, your heart unleashed is also really combined with that because my, uh, my grandparents were decades ahead of many of their acquaintances. They were into like organic farming in the early seventies and, and send their kids to like Waldorf schools and, I don't know if you're familiar with the Waldorf school system. but it's the school I went to? If you don't know it, look it up. It's very Uh creative. (laughs) You're creative with kids. Like you might consider sending your kids there. Um, I loved it. I loved going to the Waldorf school. Right. And like in the 70s, having queer friends like oh, oh, coming over very publicly in front of the entire neighborhood and then yeah. like gossiping. Um, you know, um also being like a, a high like um an artist who had like visions and talked about the the yeah. sort of spiritual visions, and yeah. it was just like so much going on for my family already for for God who knows how long, right? Mm-hmm. That was sort of a little bit out there right? A little bit sort of like a little bit different. So I'm always very curious about like how, how does the power, right? And sort of the authenticity and the money piece actually fit together? Because I think especially for artists, like they really, they really do go together, right? It's like the more courageous I am, the more powerful I I step into, um, right? What is, what feels meant for me, the more money I make, mm-hmm. right? And so they really, really go together. How to, how did I sort of like resolve my money karma? It's actually interesting because the astrologer uh, that shared this with me, her name is Paula Crossfield. Um, she's also a client of mine. And she's doing really well. She had like hundred thousand dollar plus month last month or something. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, but you know what she said is that actually through singing and the constant use of that chakra, right? I I actually resolved my money karma. Right. So if you want to learn more about money karma, definitely go check her out. If that's something that that interests you from a, also like your 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 chart and stuff perspective. Mm. Um, but I just remember Abigail that one day I just woke up and I was like my, my, uh, my husband, he had gone bankrupt about 10 years before we met. So he had gone through a whole sort of financial recovery process. He's also an artist. Mm-hmm. He went like bankrupt because he was flying back and forth to Europe doing auditions, you know? oh my
1: gosh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> And, uh, and so there were tons and tons of books on like, you know, sort of start late, finish rich and, um, the millionaire mind and the this and the that and so I just started ferociously reading. I was like, this, this is happening. I was, I was all in. Right, it was just like no, like a zero tolerance policy towards like staying in this place financially. So I, I became like almost like a student of wealth, if you will. I read things about marketing and money and money mindset and and the history of, you know, money and women and blah, blah, blah. Right. And until I... I felt, okay, I, I have enough to go with. Um, that's when I started my business. I started out as a conversion copywriter. I loved how that allowed me sort of like a creative outlet as well. I still love that network with my clients, right? Like high level messaging, core story, sort of um, brand story creation. And then very quickly, I noticed that I was starting to like bring up right? Like the, all the things that I'd learned and all the things that I'd I'd experienced and using it with my clients and, and, and they started making so much money, like so much money. Um, And it's been my, my deep, deep pleasure and privilege to work with many creatives, right? And people who do not have sort of like, yeah, sort of like, you know, step out of the box and paint paint outside of the lines. And, um, and helping those people become truly wealthy is something really special. Yeah.
1: I, I love the way that you decided that during your first pregnancy and then the way that you made that available for multiple people, hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. Right? So it goes so far beyond you breaking a karmic pattern of your lineage to then helping others break theirs as well. And I think that that's fascinating. Yeah. But um, I would love for you to share with us perhaps like it feels like I feel like it's what's coming through is like, can you encourage our listeners or like because it's like give us three tips, but it's not yeah. that like, <laughs> what encouragement would you give our listeners who are are looking to cross that threshold with making money with their message?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um I think first of all, one of the things that that I did was actually to major declutter my, my space and just clean up everything that had to do with the past, uh, with, you know, like, uh, ways of being that I didn't want to take with me into the future. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and, and so, um, I'm the kind of person who, who sort of, you know, my, my, the things that I own are very minimal, and I know that we probably share this. Considering <laughs> you're working on, on a van right now, uh-huh. right? As, as your your main living space, um, yeah, to just lighten the load, right? Like for example, I'm I'm huge on feng shui. Um, I've been doing it for over seven or eight years now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I discover a corner in the house and I'm like, there's like a rotten apple in our like bloody blah blah, 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 right. <laughs> like some kind of like air, like some place in our house that, that, or area of our house that symbolizes a certain area of like um, the other day I was um, looking through my, my husband's closet and I was like, this stuff is just like old and, and like, ugh, and represents like something that we like, that we're not no longer committed to, you know, yeah. like, so that's honestly what I would do. Right. And that can go from decluttering your, your house, your workspace to, uh, I'm actually going to do a program on like how to set up like your office and stuff like that. Cause I'm mm-hmm. so obsessed with this. Mm-hmm. Um, but also right your files on your computer yeah making sure you don't have like dead electronics lying around in your house right? right it's like it's everything so that would be my first step my second step would really be around um you know, like the rewiring process, basically. So we did a ton with um, Joe Dispenza's material, which mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I think you do some of this stuff with your clients as well, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is very much your, um, I was going to say boat house for some reason, but it's <laughs> your, like, I make that mistake all the time. Um, right. So I literally meditated on creating a brain that is ready to receive wealth, to really rewire um deep like feelings of unsafety, mm-hmm. right? That I have around uh, financial instability and my, mm-hmm. like sort of like if I ever had an inability to make money, like how did, it it's like my kids are going to die in a hetero, right? It's like, that's always the thing. And by the way, just just as a thing that I want to flag, right? This doesn't go away when you start making more money. Thank you. Right. Because I still, everyone
1: believes in some destination where all of a sudden it's all easy and flowing, oh, right? No,
0: no, no. <laughs> I still like Keith, my husband, he's, he's, because we're, we're shifting some of our offer structures right now. And some, some days I'm like, ah! yeah. right. it's like this huge shift, right. That we're making on that really high, high level from a money perspective. And he is like, Meryl, like we have literally over a year like expenses paid for both on the personal side and the right the business side. Like, you know, you just go deep into your creative process. And I'm like, but what if Right, yeah. so it it's not that it goes away, right? So don't be hard on yourself, right? Yeah. It's like you don't need the perfectly decluttered house in order to make money. It's not like mm-hmm. you need to prove that you're worthy, right. right? You don't have to have the perfect mindset to start making money. Mm-hmm. You just need to, right? Pair like really solid, like taking charge of what you're thinking and your thinking patterns, and then pair it with action. Right. Just like Mm -hmm. massive action and messy action. When I think of uh, like, when I I wanted to start a business, I was getting like the entrepreneurial sort of, "Ah, I want like, I want this, I want this. And I, like the first thing I started doing was I, I started a business in hand warmers, wrist warmers, like the women in my family are really tall and are always like, you know, sort of the... The, the the jacket ends like mid <laughs> sort of like lower arm and the, you know so it's like wrist warm as it is and I think I made in total I I think maybe 375 bucks with like mm-hmm. months and months of like work and crafting yeah. and hand crafting of course it didn't go anywhere and I was like I was talking to my husband who was like eternally patient with me figuring things out while I was making like absolutely nothing um, which also was a huge contributor as you can understand, right? Like that is, has been massively like positive. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was like, Keith, like I, don't think this is scalable though. Like I don't think, (laughs) right. So even then I was thinking about like scale. Right. And, um, and then I started as, as a copywriter and, and, and I remember working for months on like my website and it was so messy. I no no idea what I was doing. Right. And I just kept going and I kept showing up. And also with the writing process, I started putting all my thoughts just like onto paper. It was literally me being like, super pregnant mm. and listening to Bollywood like songs really, really loudly. And then getting up and dancing with my big tummy and then <laughs> back behind my desk and like, doing some more writing and formulating. And no, I didn't use some of the things that I created back then. But then all of a sudden when I started, you know, my business mentorship journey, mm-hmm. I started using all those things that I'd written down again. It was just sort of like a mind... you know, dump, um, that was really important. That was really crucial. So it's like, even if you think that it's messy, even if you think it's sort of like, ah, I I don't know what my next step is. And this feels really scary, right? That's what it's supposed to feel like. That's what entrepreneurship is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Navigating. I always call entrepreneurship, the mystical wonders of what the fuck am I doing here? (laughs) Yes.
0: Absolutely. And again, that doesn't change. You know, no, it's like,
1: no, you, it does not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, I've gone through seasons
1: of my own career where I have this groove and it's working. And then all of a sudden, it's like this wrench gets thrown in and not. Not bad, just cosmically, no. like something needs yeah. to change or it's a shedding season, right? And so yeah. so all of a sudden there's this pivot you didn't perceive. And so because though I have it that it's always like in commitment with the evolution, right? Like nothing yeah. stays stagnant. And so you'll naturally be called higher, farther, bigger, wider, all that stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think, I don't know if you've this, Abigail, but it's sort of, when I go through it, I'm like so freaking angsty. I'm like, what? <laughs> Oh yeah. Right. And then I come out the other end and it's like absolute bliss and I feel yes. like deeply powerful and like in my zone. And I'm like, why didn't I just trust like even I, 1% more? Yep.
1: I always tell my clients and myself in the breakthrough bliss, you write yourself letters to the part of you that, the one that's in the pit because it still doesn't matter like in, in a sense because there's still the natural like existential crisis of it all. And yeah. yet, You can maintain, like, I feel like with each up level, there's a bit more grounding. There's a bit more awareness. But it, yeah. you're right. You're just like we have to honor the fact that like there's still the I call it exhilaration at this point. Like we yeah. live for yeah. a little bit of spiciness, right? Like yeah, yeah. Have every meal be bland
0: <laughs> or that, totally, yeah. And and also right as a as a farmer, for example, I love to uh, always uh, grow a lot of perennials from seed. Yeah, it's like my my dream to create like huge fields of lupins and stuff. But when you look at lupin seeds, you actually have to grab um, a sample paper and uh, basically wreck the, the outside layer Mm -hmm. and then plant them. If you don't do that, the seed can literally not pop out of the shell. Right. So I think that's really part of the process. Um, Is it comfortable? No. Is it necessary? Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. It's the, it's the, like the tension and creative tension that we're Mm -hmm. experiencing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we, we sure are. And this has been So helpful for those of us who are experiencing creative tension or, or like you mentioned earlier, cancel culture or any sort of resistance to our leadership, whether that be external or or internal, internal, right? Yeah. Uh, this was a, such a beautiful conversation to to navigate all of those all of those pieces of resistance, but also the call much higher and much farther. And I want to acknowledge you for for stepping into what's been, what you've been called into, and for sharing that light and showing up with us to share that. Because I I truly believe each unleashed heart, just being willing to be exposed. And we were speaking earlier about heart centered leadership, and I think that that. Mm-hmm here forward, that's the movement. And it's, it, we're still in the, the breaking up of that grid of head centered, head focused, uh, like grit. I love what you said about the love hate relationship with resiliency, like the gentle, like, how can I persist? Not at all cost. I'm going to plow through this. So just so much. Yes. I want to acknowledge you for who you've been and what you've had to overcome and the fact that you can share it with us today.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Abigail. Yeah. And, you know, final thing that I just want to say, I think that, um, in order to be heart centered, right? Like having really clear boundaries is, mm. is, is crucial, yeah. right? Like I found that on my own journey It's that, um, if I know where, where where something ends and the other thing begins and I can communicate that with my audience and with my team and stuff like that, then you also create the space for you to be soft and not have to sort of be in in sort of like the hardness of resiliency. Mm-hmm. It is being very strategic, setting clear expectations, and then being willing to to uphold those, right? With the mm. people around you yeah. that that will create like this sort of white space that we need as artists to um, yes. to create our best work.
1: Amen to that. I um, If you're listening to this and that just, you're like, oh, how do I start with boundaries? We have an episode called Setting and Maintaining Boundaries. So tune to that, but you're, I mean, you just spoke it so beautifully. So it's so important because we want, want, want but we're not taking that aligned and inspired action, which includes boundary mm-hmm. setting. And I think that that's so special in the white space, right? We yeah. so we live in such a digital virtual world that we can really be influenced by so much at any given moment that yeah. I'll often compare our soul to like a field mouse. Like it will only come out when it's really quiet and still and yes. safe. Yeah. And so yes. um, we need to create that silence, stillness, safety, space, solitude to really be able to hear the whispers of our hearts. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can we can we finish up by like I want to hear one like cheesy like growing up in the 90s memory. Oh my god, you. yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So I I'm going to tell you mine. Uh I remember buying, so I thought I was going to be a spice girl or I like was an honorary spice girl. So I remember buying one of their CDs and it had this like sweepstakes of like meet us in LA or something to that effect. And so I filled it out and I asked, I like very seriously asked my mom, like, mom, would you be okay if we moved to LA? And she's like, yeah, why? What's going on? She's like, I'm going to be a spice girl. And I was going to be danger spice. So that's my name. (laughs)
0: I actually, I can just continue going on the Spies Girl theme (laughs) because um, my... Parents, uh, the way we grew up was was, was with classical music. Like mm-hmm. literally, me and my siblings. Whenever something comes on the radio, we're like, "Oh yeah, that's Tchaikovsky," or "Oh that's Rachmaninoff," and like we can just like literally like hear exactly like what composer it is, even if we've never heard it before, mm-hmm. right? So that's that's what we grew up with. And then, um, so I was always sort of the the odd one out um, in in school because everybody was like, five girls," and I was yeah. like, "Yeah." <laughs> five girls or something um and so one of my 90s memories is really around sort of like the 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 way girls would like dress up, right? With like the the lip liner, uh-huh. the sort of like the, the brown lip liner and then like the, the sort of like lighter skin tone sort of like inside of like, yes, <laughs> right? All of that. And then like the, the thing around the neck. Like, <laughs> yeah, the choker, right? It's like so many memories. Um, but then towards the end of the nineties, my brother started watching MTV mm-hmm. and my mind was blown in many ways. yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. that ex- MTV exposed us to a lot. <laughs> it's like a lot. Yes. That's, yeah, that was, that, I, that grew me up real quick. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: So, okay, good. Yep. Millennials unite and happy. Yay, fives. Fives. <laughs> By the time they listen, uh, you'll be 33 and thriving. And so thank you for thriving with us a little bit and and contributing to us thriving here as well.
0: My pleasure.
1: Where can people
0: find you? (laughs) Yeah, um, can find me on Instagram, just like my name. It's just you typed in my name. You'll, you'll, you'll can find me there. Send me a DM if you have any yeah. insights from the episode. I always love that. Yeah. I also have a Facebook group. It's called Wealth on Your Terms uh, and you can pop in there. There's tons of like aliveness in there and creative mm-hmm. like fun that we have. Um, Also, I have a cool giveaway, which I'm sure you'll add to the show notes, but yeah. I run a daily podcast. I've been doing it for years. Wow. This is like the... Manifesting generator. Oh my God. Can we do a whole episode on what it's like to be a manifesting generator in business? I feel like that needs to be a thing. Um, but, you know, um, daily, super raw, just like sharing of me what the experience is like to be a creative, multi million dollar business owner with like young kids living on a farm. Um, at this at this point in time, um, you know, so you can find in the show notes how to get it. There will be a promo code, um, and then you can pop in and listen. That's and, perfect, yeah, love, it. love that. And we will
1: have you on in season five to talk about being a manifesting generator because we're going to have a, a pretty long uh, human design series going on.
0: Oh, fun. I like, I can't wait to share. Because there's like so much to that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, This is season
1: five. So season six next year,
0: 2023. (laughs) Awesome. We'll have you back. We'll meet again. Sounds perfect. Meryl, thank you so much. And Hearts, thank
1: you so much for tuning in. I hope you got exactly what you needed from today's episode. So thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. We love you.